G'day, and welcome to Nerd Culture Podcast, episode 66, Cobbers. Oh, what? <laughs> Does anyone ever like, really say Cobber anymore? No. <laughs> Only old men at the RSL. G'day, mate. <laughs> my name is David, and with me are my good mates, <laughs> Bo. What's up? I'm your, I'm your robot sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> and the lovely Crystal. Hello. <laughs> mate. <laughs> I was terrible. <laughs> We're the worst Australians ever. That's ridiculous. So un-Australian. So un-Australian. Yes, here we have another episode of NCP. Very exciting. The alternate week episodes. Um, as the Mirror Universe. The Mirror Universe episodes. Ah, I like that. I like that. We should all have goatees. <laughs> yeah. You should have a goatee. <laughs> That'd be cool. Do you have a goatee bar? Maybe I do, maybe I don't, you know, you don't know. <laughs> That's it. That's the mystery. A, he's just a voice coming out of a box. <laughs> he's the internet. Have <laughs> <laughs> you up to anything exciting, bro? Oh, man, I've been working. I, I can't curse, but I've been working my bejesus off. <laughs> my bejesus. Just all week long, man. I've been working in podcasting. That's all I've been doing. He's working the bejesus off. And it's a Black Friday <laughs> sale happening soon. Have you got everything prepared for that? Uh, I mean, I'm as prepared as I'll ever be, which is not very prepared. <laughs> That's the, the the one day of the year where I, I do my huge comic shopping. Oh yeah, that'll be very That's exciting. The one day of the year is it? Well, I do comic shopping the other <laughs> every week. I buy comics every week, but just that. But Black Friday is the one the one day of the year That's where the I do big day. a really big online order. That's through, where uh, Australia Post goes. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> I can't physically carry these things. We need a forklift to carry these boxes, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, right, let's move on. So, uh, as, as one of the alternate week episodes, we would normally have some pop culture news, uh, but nothing all that exciting happening this week. But plus, uh, we also um, want to do a big coverage on uh, BlizzCon. Which did happen this week, last week. Yes. Um, so, uh, as as you know, Bo and I are both WoW addicts. I mean, we were actually were just playing like half an hour ago, and uh, never heard, never heard of it. Never heard of the game. <laughs> In fact, to see if I was awake, he actually jumped onto Warcraft and just to see if I was on. And sure enough, there I was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we'll have a pretty big. Basically, half the show will be our coverage of BlizzCon. Um, so there is no no news is good news. But we do have popcorn junkies, and all three of us got a, have got uh, popcorn junkies this time. It's going to be really cool. I'll, I'll, I'll patented five minute popcorn junkies, and our contest of champions: the Fantastic Four versus the Incredibles. Cool. So uh, let's get the ball rolling. Up first, we have our popcorn junkies. All right, Popcorn Junkies. This week I chose Shaun of the Dead. I picked this movie because it's a movie I've seen a whole, you know, a billion times. The last two Popcorn Junkies that I've done, I felt like I, I didn't really like the movies that much. I didn't really give it that great of a review. And this is a movie that I really enjoy, and I feel like I can give it, I feel like I can give it a good review. As a zombie movie, this is a good movie. I really like the idea in the beginning of the movie where the main character is just walking to work and the zombies are just a part of his environment. The military trucks are uh, flying by, and it's just this background scenery to his everyday life. Um, and I kind of think this is kind of like how it would be in real life. You would kind of like live your normal life until you realize things were unusual. And I really like that. I really like that premise. I don't know that I've seen that in another zombie movie, although it, it may be there somewhere. Um, and so 
I think just for that, this actually makes for a pretty good zombie movie. Um, and then as a comedy, it's hilarious. I mean, and it, it has the really subtle humor that, that I'm all, you know, I'm really into, um, along with, you know, the, the bigger slapstick gags. Um, so I, I just think all around, this is a good zombie movie, a good comedy. I like everybody in the movie. Um, and it's a real conversational humor kind of movie too. Um, and that's also a really good thing. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I kind of think I have to pull from your from you a little bit on this. What do you think about Shaun of the Dead? Is it one of your favorite movies? It has to be. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite movies, but it's it's definitely up there in terms of uh, one of the ones I enjoy watching the most. Um, it's the only zombie movie I like. Oh, well, there you go. See, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of people say that. I mean. And I think it's because it does have that double, that dual appeal, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, definitely agree. Actually, I'm not a huge fan of Simon Pegg. I must admit, so it's that really? sort of does, yeah, it does sort of detract from me. That detract from me a bit, a little bit. Um, and I don't think it's as good as Hot Fuzz, uh, but I do. Oh man, uh, I, do, I, I definitely like it better than Hot Fuzz. <laughs> okay, uh, um, but I do, I do really like the juxtaposition of comedy and. And horror, um, yeah. I think it. I think it does it really well. And the and who, the, the lady that plays his mum is very sweet. Yeah, it, it, you know the weird controversy of the movie in my mind is that he's willing to shoot his. He's willing to kill his mother when she turns, but he's not willing to kill his best friend in the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as the guys say, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your relatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I think. Uh, this is kind of a, a short popcorn junkie, but I mean, I think I would have to give it. I mean, a four out of five, man. I mean, I think a five would be hard to achieve. Yeah. Um, and this definitely like isn't a life changing movie. You're not going to watch this movie and then just re envision the way you do everything in life. But <laughs> but this is definitely a really good movie, and I think it appeals to a whole lot of people. Um, and and I picked it because I wanted to do a positive popcorn junkie. So that people don't think that I'm just uh, I'm always ragging on movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Luke's Luke, job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 your name's not Luke. Um, we, our recent film flame was The Shining. What would you have rated that? Oh man, I love The Shining. I know that's I, what I asked. I had a lot of fun doing the film flame for one thing, but I remember seeing that movie when I was younger, but I never really like watched it as an adult. And um, it, it is a movie that definitely hits all the right all the right things for me. Like it's got the right rhythm. It's one of those movies where at the end of it, you think back and, and you think about the journey that you've just taken, you know, mm. uh, and, and I really like that in a movie. That's that's something that I look for in video games and everything. Again, I think a five is almost impossible to get, but I mean, <laughs> you just I might made... have to give it a five, man. I might oh, have to give it, there you go. I think I'll give it five, yeah. You just yeah. made it, it do two popcorn junkies. Five <laughs> that was, well, his first one was so short, so you've done two for the price of one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got a double feature there. Double a double feature. Um, talking about double features, let's go with uh, Crystal's Popcorn Junkie next. Well, I was subjected to Wolverine. <laughs> now, now uh, listeners to the show will know that Richard's already done a Popcorn Junkie on Wolverine, and uh, he really liked it. Just to recap, in case you missed it, Richard liked the film because he felt it was a strong character-driven story, um, and it. I have to agree that it is character-driven. It is um, Logan's character that drives the story. However, I found Logan's story quite boring. I think unless you are already invested in Logan as a character, you're not really going to care much about this one. So um, I was watching it and I was thinking, he's a battle-weary sort of 
soldier mooning over the loss of Jean. He goes to Japan. He gets dragged into a conflict he doesn't want to be a part of. He learns to appreciate the Japanese way. He falls for a Japanese girl. He helps fight the good fight, and then he gets to a new lease on life at the end. And I'm thinking, oh, this this is so dull. And I feel like I've seen it before. And I thought, I have. I'm watching The Last Samurai again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same story. Do you know how many times I've seen The Last Samurai? And I don't even like that movie. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> I've seen that movie more times than some movies that I actually do like. There's The Last Samurai. You've got the battle-weary soldier who goes to Japan. He gets dragged into a conflict he didn't want to be a part of. He learns to appreciate the Japanese way. He falls for a Japanese girl. He fights the good fight and ends up with a new lease on life. <laughs> it's the same story. So I give Wolverine two out of five. I suppose if, if I was one to enjoy action, action-y action, then I might have given it a higher, but I didn't even find the action a lot exciting either. Well, and, and, and Viper's outfit was ridiculous. Viper is a pointless character and there's no need for her to be in the film at all. Um, and yes, her outfit is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like that movie either. To me, it was weird, like the Asian girl just, like, how did Logan and the Asian girl just automatically, like, fall in love with each other? There was no, like, there didn't seem to be any foreshadowing of that. It was just like, you know, he's the he's the main character guy and she's the main character female. They obviously are going to fall in love, so that's what they do. There was no, like, I didn't feel any plot development in that part of yeah, the story. I have to agree with that. I felt that, too. It's just like, you knew it was going to happen, but there was no real build-up to it. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you disagree? No, no, I, I agree with, I agree with everything everybody's saying. I, I mean, I, I, I enjoy it for what it is. I mean, I think the first two-thirds are far better than the last. I think at the, by the end of it, it just turns into a video game. No, I, I, dis- I dislike the Silver Samurai not only because it's nothing like the Silver Samurai in the comic, who is awesome. It's just, but it's just this giant robot and really doesn't do all that much. And it's like, who really cares? And it was, it was obvious from the moment. Spoiler alert! But the moment that the the old man dies, and um, yeah. and Yukio says, "I didn't foresee it." Well, he's clearly not dead then. <laughs> so it's so it's from that point on. It's like, oh well, obviously he's going to try and steal the power and all that sort of crap. It's it's really not that big a deal. But you know, the action was um, was quite cool. I thought the bullet train sequence was very very groovy. Yeah, it's 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 full it's full of flaws, but it's still better than Origins. And that's all. I, I can't remember enough about Origins to even compare it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I st- I own it on Blu-ray and it's still in the plastic. I never opened it. Oh, serious. Yeah, for me, it can live on as this great movie as long as I never watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It's full of... Origins is full of really cool moments. Like, Deadpool is awesome. So if they do Deadpool as cool in the film as they do for the, his upcoming solo film, that'd be mad. And Gambit, actually, surprisingly enough, is pretty cool. But the rest of the story is just an absolute waste of time. Uh, so up next is myself with We Steal Secrets, the story of WikiLeaks. Now, I chose this because... Yun Bo did The Fifth Estate, and he wasn't a fan. Um, so just for a brief re- recap, Bo, your thoughts on The Fifth Estate? Uh, Fifth Estate, I thought, was an okay movie, but I felt like it needed some sort of direction. There's no clear, like, villain in the movie. Uh, it, you know, it felt so non-biased that it didn't portray well in a fiction story. Yeah. Um, it would have been a much better documentary. And it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We Still Secrets is the documentary version of that story, which so basically deals with uh, the creation of WikiLeaks and the fallout 
that occurred after they received the information that they did from uh, Bradley Manning, who's now referred to as Chelsea Manning. I was fascinated from this, for this. Uh, I actually, I mean, I've I, I've lived through this this story, right? So I've I've been alive the entire time the story has occurred. And to be honest, with, um, during while this story was happening, I really wasn't all that phased. I mean, I was I got very interested at the point where the US was saying that they were going to trial Manning as a war criminal. And I was like, well, that can't, that's not right. <laughs> and sort of, yeah. and sort of went from there. But the whole Julian Assange thing, I was just, I, I just think he's a pompous wanker. And I just, it's like, oh, <laughs> I really, I really don't care. This whole seeking asylum and all that sort of stuff. It's like, you know, I really, I'm, I'm really, it's really not really relevant to my life. Watching this documentary and seeing all the things that unfolded that I saw in real life, um, I sort of, I, I've now gained sort of a, a whole new perspective of it. Being a documentary, it has you know footage from the people themselves. It doesn't have any um, live interaction with Chelsea Manning um, because she's currently in prison, um, but it does have interactions with the others, um, every, other people that are involved. So basically, the general the general story is is that Bradley slash Chelsea is uh, you know has is leading a difficult life and is and, and joins the army in, in terms so it's that he he that she can. I, I should refer to her as she from now on. Um, so she joins the army so that she can sort of basically find herself and sort of you know gain some identity because she's having some trouble. Um, so as you can sort of tell by the fact that she's called Bradley and Chelsea, she goes gender change at some point. And while while she's there, uh, she's working in the the, the I the IT department. So she's working in in uh, data analysis and retrieval, and uh, is shocked by some of the things that she sees, especially a video that she eventually released of uh, Blackhawk pilots gunning down people. The Blackhawk people think they're gunning down um, insurgents, but it turns out later on that they're actually a film crew and then uh, a van pulls up to try and help these innocent people and then the, the man inside the van gets killed and the two children inside the van also get wounded. Now, the, the Blackhawk people didn't know there was children in the van, obviously, but their reaction when they do find out that there was children in the van is an absolute disgrace. And the whole video is shocking in terms of just how much like a video game it is. Like there are actual, there are actual scenes in Call of Duty games that are exactly like those videos. And it's, uh, it blew me away because I've played all those games. It was, it, was, it was really quite confronting. And then sort of uh, those videos are, are what um, Assange and his, his group uh, used to sort of create WikiLeaks and then WikiLeaks becomes famous. The government gets involved. Uh, Chelsea gets arrested. Um, uh, well, Chelsea is actually betrayed by the person that she was giving the information to. So not Julian, um, but he, originally uh, Chelsea was in, um, in communication with somebody else, this hacker guy. I can't remember his name, but, but douche comes to mind. <laughs> and uh, who promised privacy and secrecy and then flipped on that and it's an absolute disgrace and there's this really really great scene where this hacker dickhead is at some um uh like conference type thing like a con he's, at a, he's on a conference panel and he gets asked why did you do what you did and he's like well you know because i felt like there's some sort of moral obligation blah 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 it's some bullshit excuse and the guy in the the guy who asked the question in the crowd says well i think you're the one that should be in prison not Brad- bradley as he was known at that point and uh, in, you know, it's it's a disgrace what he did, and I agree totally, one hundred percent. The reason I like this is because uh, it was is pretty non-biased as far as I could see. Um, it wasn't. It did have a little bit of bias in towards 
uh, Chelsea's situation, and I can understand that because I think what happens that's, that's happened to Chelsea is, is a disgrace. It was just it was just a very well put together documentary on par with Blackfish. I thought I highly recommend it to everybody. Uh, it's a must see. Avoid the Fifth Estate and see this instead. Um, I give this four out of five. All right, four out of five. Really? Uh, yeah, I started watching this actually. You told me about it. Yeah, and. I've been meaning to pick up the last half of it, and I haven't done it yet, but I, I definitely thought it was very interesting. Okay, was, uh, that was Popcorn Junkies. Moving on to the Contest of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, our Contest of Champions. They're proving pretty popular on the... Uh, on the Facebook and the, the feedback, I'm very excited because I, I enjoy them. In fact, I probably enjoy them too much. Um, I get a little too emotionally involved. Nerd. <coughs> nerd. <coughs> what is called Nerd Culture Podcast? <laughs> so let's, let's be fair here. You bring the nerd, I bring the culture. <laughs> That's a bit mean. I can, I can just press head up any time. You know that. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, so for this installment of uh, Contest of Champions, I suggested the Fantastic Four versus the Incredibles. It's our first team battle. Very exciting. Um, and I chose those two because I just thought it would be funny. Because the Incredibles, let's face it, are just rip-offs of the Fantastic Four. So it'd be right. pretty funny to do it. Now, I'm going to be the Fantastic Four, and Bo and Crystal are going to team up and be the Incredibles. <laughs> this is an unfair advantage, I feel. Why is it a fair advantage? Because I've seen it once and Bo hasn't seen it. If you'd done your research, you would have been okay. I didn't know I was going to be on the team. <laughs> um, and uh, as, as we did for Han versus Kirk, we're going to do a scenario. Now, the scenario is Syndrome, who is the villain from The Incredibles, for Bo's sake there. <laughs> uh, Syndrome, Syndrome has kidnapped Jack-Jack, who is their infant, the Incredibles' infant son. And the Incredibles are attacking Syndrome's base in order to rescue him. Meanwhile, the Fantastic Four arrive in the Incredibles universe on one of their many adventures. Syndrome sees them arrive and uses an image inducer to appear as a woman holding a baby. He tells them that the Incredibles are villains and that they are trying to kill her baby. Reed, who is Mr. Fantastic, uh, is initially hesitant. But Sue, Benny and Johnny leap into the fight. Sue being the Invisible Woman, Ben being the Fiend, and Johnny being the Human Torch. I'm sorry. I got it very personal. I call them by their first names because I think I've known them. You're on a first name I'm basis. I'm on a first name basis with them. Oh, dear, I thought you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I just need to make clear that um, Franklin and Valeria are not here. They're back at uh, Free Four Freedoms Plaza. Um, and Jack-Jack being kidnapped is also therefore out of the fight as well. So it's just the four Fantastic Ford members and the four... Incredibles members. So stuck deck. Jack Jack would just win. No, if it was if Franklin was in the team, Franklin would just win. Franklin, yeah. All right. Give me the rundown on the on the Incredibles powers. Okay, so the Incredibles, you have Mister Incredible, who's a level nine super strength character, so he's right up there with you know just below Superman, who's level ten. Uh, Elasti Girl, who's Mister Incredible's wife. She, so Elasti Woman, she probably should be called. Uh, is able to stretch her body to a hundred feet max. And I know that because it's in the commentary on the DVD. Uh, Violet, who is their daughter, who's their... So this is this is important. This will be important in, in terms of your fight of, of the fire, right? So Violet is their teenage daughter. Uh, she can go, turn invisible and create force fields. And Dash, who is their teenage son, um, is able to run at super speed. So probably about as fast as Quicksilver, not as fast as the Flash. 
Okay. So the Fantastic Four, for just just to uh, be fair, to, um, we gave the Incredibles power, so we'll give the Fantastic Four powers. So Mr. Fantastic, who's Reed, um, is able to stretch his body to unknown lengths and is a super genius intellect, probably even super mega genius intellect. Uh, the Invisible Woman, who's Sue, is his wife, and she's able to turn invisible, she's telekinetic, and she generates force fields. The Human Torch, who's Johnny, uh, is able to turn his body into living fly- fire, so he's, ba- he's basically covered in fire, um, and he can fly, he uses that fire to fly. Um, he also has what's called the Nova Flame, where he just burns as hot as the sun um, for a short period, and it also make- knocks him unconscious. And you have The Thing, who is basically is, uh, made, of, made of rock, essentially, he's got rocky skin, um, and he's a level eight super strength character. So there we have it. So there's there was the scenario. So the so Sue, Johnny, and and Ben have leapt in to attack the Incredibles. Who teams up against who? Yeah, that's very important. And, and this is this is where I need your your help, Crystal. <laughs> Should we team up the like the like powered heroes, or should we try to find? Like the opposite powered heroes. Like maybe we can find a way to be scissors to their paper. You know what I mean? Well, clearly he thinks that the the Incredibles elastic person would be, no what the Fantastic Four elastic person would beat the Incredible elastic person because the Incredible Incredibles elastic person has a limit. The other one doesn't. So perhaps yes. opposites. So so it's inter- we- it's interesting to say that actually because I actually <laughs> it's interesting I managed to say that I think <laughs> <laughs> no it's interesting you say that because even though I am on the Fantastic Four I, I want the Fantastic Four to win because that means I win and I like to win um, if you pit Elastigirl versus Reed I actually think Elastigirl would pull it off I don't know well, why do you think that because I'm she's not saying we're doing that yet yeah, because <laughs> she she's just basically she's just more vicious than Reed so Reed would try to think it out and try to reason it be reasonable about it whereas Elastigirl, all she's thinking about is her her baby who's being kidnapped at this point. And she's so she would go all out to do whatever it takes to win, and I think she'd pull it off. Oh, that's that is true. Now I think that the Fantastic Four is one if not the biggest, one of the biggest advantages they have is Reed Richards as a scientist, not as not as an elastic man. Yep. Who goes who goes up against the thing? Mr. Incredible, I'm thinking. What yeah. are the powers? What's the girl's power again? The teenage girl? Uh, she's She can turn invisible and create force fields. If she were to go up against the thing, should, could, could she create force fields enough to block? Like, Could she like pin the thing in a force field? Nope. Um, in the movie, she's uh, she's shown using a force field to save her and her brother, but then she gets knocked on, not unconscious by the force of it. So the thing would basically just have to hit it really hard, and then she'd be knocked unconscious out of the street. Then she'd be knocked unconscious. Hmm. Okay. And nobody. And here's another problem: is nobody really can go against the Human Torch. I mean, he'll burn all these people up. Well, Dash could get away from it, but I don't know if he could defeat it. Yeah. No. I, I like. I like the way you're thinking. Um. It's, uh, originally, I thought Dash Dash would go against the Human Torch, and that Dash would actually win because Johnny wouldn't want to hurt a kid. But then, but, the, but then the thing wouldn't want to beat up kids either, really. Yeah, and the thing is kind of slow, so maybe he would be good against Dash. I mean, maybe Dash could somehow, you know, use his speed to uh, confuse confuse the thing long enough for. But what is the payoff? What wins the game? You know. Uh, I like I like how you're thinking this out. This is awesome. In a straight up a straight up straight up battle, I just I don't think the Incredibles would be able to win at all in, in any way. I mean, 
I really don't either. I really don't either. But I do like I do like your inventive sort of <laughs> matchup stuff. I quite like that. That's good. So if Dash distracts the thin enough, yeah, Mister Incredible can then take him out. All right. So if we did Mister Incredible plus Dash, yep. against the thing, yeah, I think so. But then, you know, if we're playing this whole game where it's it's based on the matchup, yeah, then that means that one of these characters has to take on two of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, the Elastic Girl. girl and the elastic girl. I'm getting confused. I'm like getting. I'm getting the Fantastic Four powers mixed up with. <laughs> well, that's e- that's easy to do because they are basically the same. I mean, Dash yeah. and, and the Human Torch are the only ones that are different. The others, the other three, are basically the same characters. The Incredibles also may use trickery against the Fantastic yeah. Four because they've got that sort of cartoony. Let's trick them. I like that. Of, so I they like could, that. They could drop a. So they could drop a big mallet on one of them. An anvil. <laughs> <laughs> they just send away to Acme for a giant anvil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, awesome. think, I think I think the matchup would have to be Dash versus the Thing, um, the Mister Incredible versus the Human Torch, the Elastic Woman versus Reed Richards, and, and then who do we have left? We have uh, Violet, Reed, Violet, Violet, and and Sue. Who's left? And Sue. So Violet and Sue, what does Violet do again? Turns invisible and makes force fields. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they would have to. Who would win in that, though? I th- I think Sue would win because uh, she would she'd go easy because she wouldn't want to hurt a kid um, because she's a mother herself and she's she's basically the mother of the Marvel universe. Um, but she's far more experienced. Yeah. And uh, Violet's been shown to 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 break under the pressure, whereas Sue at least recently, has not. So, I mean, in theory, if all the morals were switched off and it was just kill or be killed, like Spidey and Wolfie was, Sue would take out all of them. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. So I, I, I think Sue would take Violet just purely in terms of she's older and more experienced. Violet works better in tandem with her brother, but if her brother's tied up with it, something else. Yeah. I think this matchup is probably the best-case scenario for the Incredibles to win. But I think they would still lose, and, and I think you're right. I think it would all be hinged on Sue. This is the only way you can deal with Thing and um, the Human Torch is with this matchup. Otherwise, they just automatically win the game for the Fantastic Four. But there's no way to deal with Sue Yeah, with just the younger, less experienced counterpart of Sue, basically. So Sue wins it. Yep. Sue's the last one standing. I think so. I got it. So that's victory for the Fantastic Four, and by by default, victory for me. <laughs> I still <laughs> think then, the cards were stacked. <laughs> but then, of course, the then, then, then of course, once the once the fight's over, the Fantastic, Fantastic Four would realize their mistake. They team up together. They'd save Jack Jack. Everyone'd be happy. Uh, this would never happen. <laughs> I think what would happen is, like you said in the scenario. The other three would jump, and then and then Reed would get there and be like, "Chill out, guys. There's got to be something <laughs> going on here. Isn't just this?" And then he would he would sort everything out, being the genius he is. You know, it could happen. I mean, uh, Disney and Disney now owns Marvel. This could actually yeah. happen. This could actually happen. You're right. <laughs> Given Jack Jack's superpowers are just starting to manifest, I think in a fight between Jack Jack and Syndrome. Jack Jack's gonna be the winner. Well, yeah, I mean, he does. Jack Jack does beat Syndrome in the film, so I mean, spoiler alert. But uh, 
I haven't seen it. Supposed <laughs> <laughs> to say spoiler alert before you say the spoiler. I could, there's nothing. It, I haven't really spoiled anything, really. Um, I would have yanked my headphones out, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise, but I mean, yeah, I mean, so obviously for this matchup, he's figured out some way to negate Jack Jack's powers. Uh, yeah, so that's a victory. That's a victory for the, for the Fantastic Four. Yay! Way to rub it in. <laughs> so for our next one, Sister Champions, uh, it's Bo's pick. What are you going to go with, dude? I think we should do the X-Men, the astonishing X-Men, the Joss Whedon run versus Justice League Dark. Very cool. I'm excited. Can I go through this? Yeah, okay. Crystal's found something on the on the interwebs that's pretty funny. I can't credit it because it doesn't say who did it, but there's this awesome panel going around on the internet. It starts out with Spider-Man. He says, uh-oh, I've got to save Manhattan. Then he ended to Batman. He goes, man, you have it easy. I've got to save all of Gotham. And then Captain America says, bitch, please try saving all of America. And then Superman <laughs> says, don't you know what America's part of? The world, which I saved. And then the Green Lantern says, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you over the sound of the system I just, our solar system that I just saved. Then Luke Skywalker says, want to hear a story? A long time ago in a galaxy, I saved. And then, I don't know this character. It's Goku. Who says, oh, sorry, can you finish that later? I have to go and save the universe again. And then the last panel, it's so cute. You've got the Doctor who says, you're all just so adorable. (laughs) (laughs) So awesome. (laughs) It is very cool. The ultimate winner. (laughs) He saves time and space. All right, so the Astonishing X-Men versus Justice League Dark. Check it out in two episodes' time, episode 68. And in the meantime, if you uh, have any opinions on who you think would win and why, uh, please let us know on our Facebook or feedback or Twitter or whatever the case would be. I'll give you all those contact details later on in the show. Stay tuned. All right, coming up next is our epic cover of coverage of BlizzCon in Azerothian Times. Azerothian Times. All right, so uh, the big news this week, of course, was BlizzCon. I didn't even get my ticket. Did you watch any of it? I know you got the ticket. Yeah, I got the virtual ticket, and um, I got my my uh, Merkelot, uh battle pet, which is very exciting. He's very cute. Um, I did. I didn't watch uh, very much of it. I must admit, I did watch a little bit of the War- World of Warcraft panel because that was the one that I was most interested in. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch very much of it at all. I watched a little bit at work. One of my coworkers bought the ticket, and when we worked together, he would pull it up so that we could watch it at the same time. But, um, but honestly, you know, we're having to help customers, and then walk back there and be like, "All right, what happened? What happened? What happened?" You know? <laughs> well, to be fair, you're actually at work to work, though. <laughs> well, I mean, they, maybe that's how they do it in Australia, David. But uh, we work as little as possible here. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I got to see. I got to see some of it, and I did watch. Um, I went back on YouTube and watched some of the panels after the fact. Mm. I mean, of course, the big news. I mean, day one, first thing they announce is the Warlords of Draenor um, expansion for World of Warcraft. Uh, which, let's face it, I don't, I don't, I don't care about anything else that happened at BlizzCon <laughs> except for the World of Warcraft film and the Warlords of Draenor. Um, all right, so I'm not a lore expert, but uh, my understanding of how this works is Garage Hellscream is going back in time somehow. Who knows? It's all timey wimey, wibbly wobbly. Um, but he's going back in time, and we're chasing after him. 
uh, to the original Draenor before it became Outlands. Yeah. And uh, which is cool because we're going to get to see where the orcs came from. So this is going to like one thing that I heard on one of the um, on one of the panels was that Thrall's father is still going to be alive. Yeah. In this in this timeline. That's pretty and cool. And I, I find that interesting. So maybe we'll see more of Thrall's story. Yeah. So so it's it's so when we so when we go back in time to Draenor and see the original, you get yeah you'll get to see not only Thrall's parents but also Garrosh's father when he was younger oh, yeah. and more vital and then his grandfather and all this stuff so basically his plan his plan is basically to grab the orcs when they were at their their most brutal and, and yeah toughest. whenever they were like eating souls and all yeah. that crazy stuff that they sort of were doing over stuff. there yeah so yeah. it's pretty exciting it's stuff pretty exciting. i mean that's well, that's the law taken care of but what about all the actual you know cool expansion type stuff man i've heard all kinds of stuff so so one thing is they're going to 100 this time instead of 95 which yeah yeah, yeah, it went eighty to eighty-five, and then eighty-five to ninety. Yeah, uh, and then now we're going ninety to a hundred. Yeah, I think the gap from ninety to a hundred is going to be larger than the gap from ninety-five or from eighty-five to ninety. And I don't just mean, you know, obviously it's more than five <laughs> levels, but like <laughs> you don't just mean the math. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like the amount of experience that it takes to get from. From ninety to a hundred, I think it's going to be far more than the amount of experience it takes to get from eighty-five to ninety. And because they're also doing this free level ninety thing, yeah, that's pretty um, exciting. Yeah, so I think that they want this experience from ninety to a hundred to be, you know, much more of an epic experience, closer to the experience that one to seventy was. You know, yeah, because I think they're driving new players in, and I don't think they want those new players to see the daunting task of of one to one hundred. Um, but they still want them to get the experience from 90 to 100. Now, this is all speculation. It, it may take us three days to get there. I don't know, but that's just kind of what I envision. You no, know? I, I totally agree with you. I think at least in the beginning, yep, I, I agree totally, and that's exactly what it will be. And then six months to a year down the track, they'll nerf it so that the, exper- yeah. you, the experience you gain is increased and you get through it a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. Let's elaborate a little bit, more, a little bit more on the one character to 90 business. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what do you make of that? So, I mean, this is this is something that they had to answer. I mean, like I just said, like if they want to bring new players into this game, they they can't have them start out at 1. No. I mean, I think starting out at 90 is, is a bit much, but then again, we haven't seen the gap from 90 to 100. It may be just perfect for all I know. Yeah. But it, it seems to me like you can't just tell people to start at 1 and then have fun. You know, for one thing, like most of the content from level 1 – to you know, level seventy or level sixty, even you know, it's almost ten years old. Yeah. I mean, sure, they they revamped a lot of that with Cataclysm. I mean, they pretty much revamped all of that with Cataclysm to a certain extent. But also, the timeline kind of like folds on on top of itself. They can't just assume they're going to keep pulling in players that have left and have level you know eighty characters sitting waiting to to be played. And I think that's what the level ninety thing is, because yeah. my understanding is that you don't have to have a previous account. This is you you buy the expansion, you can make one level ninety character per account. It'll work kind of like how the Death Knights did. So you'll have it, you'll get instantly tra- um, up, upgraded to ninety, and then you run through a series of uh, enclosed, uh, basically like instance quests, quests where you'll yeah. get um, sort of like a ninety level ninety appropriate gear. Then basically you hit. You go, you go to Draenor. They're also doing the battle garrisons. Uh, basically, this is the answer to player housing. A lot of new MMOs 
are doing this. And um, to me, I remember this from Star Trek Online. I didn't play the Star Wars game, which I think is what this mostly compares to. Hmm. Um, but in Star Trek Online, I I had this really cool ship, and I could have uh, my like guild mates and friends and stuff could get on my ship, and there was really you know a few things that they could do on my ship they couldn't do on theirs, and and so there was this benefit of of sharing that. And WoW hasn't had that, you know, ever. And it seems like there was a time period where they said they didn't want to give you player housing if it wasn't useful to you in any way. Like, if you just had it just to have it and you're like, oh, check out this cool bed that I made. Like, that's just The Sims. <laughs> like, that's not World of Warcraft, you know? Yeah. So their, their answer to this is, is much like what I've heard is in Star Wars The Old Republic. My understanding is that, like, if you if you want to get some blacksmithing done without actually doing it like there's some you can build a blacksmithing area on your garrison yeah and then yeah. you you'll have like a little guy i wonder if it's going to be like it was in warcraft where like you click on the little guy and it goes work work and then you tell him to go do this <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is actually in it so basically the guards will have ncps in it exactly like old republic so one of the cool things about star wars old republic is that your companion so you basically you have a um, a, 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 a computer-controlled companion that basically follows you around everywhere you go, and they, yeah. and one of the things you can do with them is send them off on missions individually, which is just brilliant. So you can send them off on quests that increase your skills, um, so diplomacy or you know making stuff or whatever the case may be, and that would come back after a certain amount of time. So in the in while they were gone, you were left to your own devices, and if you got killed, well, bad luck. But then while you know, and then they come back and they give you whatever they've made or whatever the case may be. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. And um, they're gonna they're, so Warcraft will now do the same thing with these garrison people. Have people they will have NPCs in the garrison that can do things for you while you're off doing quests. I think it's a cool, cool idea. It's, oh yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they do it. It'd be awesome if you could just plant it anywhere you wanted. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to set up, set up right outside crossroads. <laughs> I mean, the problem, the problem with that is that there would be certain areas that would just be like these big, you know, plots of, you know, subdivisions, basically. Yeah. Everybody, you know? <laughs> we'd, we'd, start, we'd basically be building suburbs, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what it up? You want it near the river, near, near, near the uh, you know, just across from our Ogremar? It's like, oh, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit the city. And when you're not yeah, hitting the city, you're just fishing exactly. in the river out your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be like uh, like just one area. There's going to be plots in multiple places in the world. But whenever you go to your plot, it's the same plot as somebody else. But whenever you go there, you'll see your house or yeah. your garrison. Right. And then um, does that mean you can't attack other garrisons? I don't know. Uh, I really hope you can attack garrisons. That'd be awesome. If you want to take somebody else to your your garrison, you just have to be the party leader. And then whenever they go to that plot, they will see yours. And if you want to see theirs, you switch whoever the leader is and then go back to the same plot. Oh, that's clever. And so what's weird to me is like you might be walking up there and you see somebody else walking up there because they're going to their their garrison and you just happen to both you know, put them on the same plot, and then it'll be like that person disappears, and you're like, "What? The guy just went in my garrison? What the <laughs> hell?" You know? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure it won't be that confusing. <laughs> but, but I see it's there. Um, so there's also going to be a redesign of the characters. Oh, this is huge. Mm. Oh god, Wow has needed this so hardcore for like so long. It's it's insane that we've had the same character models for over half the characters. For almost ten years, it's insane. Yeah, um, they've basically revamped everything in the game 
except for this, you know? <laughs> all, all I'm asking is please just make the female butt smaller. I don't know if that makes me makes me sound like a bad person, but you know, when I've got a female a female human, because I always I'm, I don't know how you sort of view your game, but I'm always from the third person, so I'm behind my character, and they, they, I'm I'm not a fan of the big butts. So I, just, I, don't, I don't quite understand do it. Think, do you think anybody plays first person? I actually know someone who plays first person. No, yeah. there's no way. And it and it was Dude. cool to watch. I must admit, we we did like a. This is nerd to the extreme, but he came over to my house and we had our yeah. laptop set up side by side, you know, opposite ends of the dining table. It was like a good oh, old man. fashioned land party, but it was Warcraft, so it was online. And uh, and I was watching his screen every now and again, and he was he was first person, and it, it, it was pretty cool. I couldn't do it. Though. There's no way, dude. No. <laughs> I'm. This is going to the listeners. If anybody out there plays first person, a email us and tell me about it. I want to know why you do that. <laughs> B uninstall the game and throw your computer off of a bridge because it's retarded. <laughs> I'm sorry. You obviously got a very strong opinion. I, I, I appreciate that. I disagree with it. I don't think it's retarded to play first person, but, you know, to each their own. I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty fair about it. But uh, I like I like that you're very, very passionate. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I redesigned the character. So that's, so that's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not, it, I do agree with you that we do need it. I'm not that excited yeah. about it. It's like, eh, I don't really care. But I do. We do need it, though. I mean, some of those I, character models. I mean, on the one hand, I'm pretty excited about it. On the other hand, I'm not. Like, on yeah. the one hand, maybe my troll's feet won't show up all the time. Like, maybe I can put some boots on my troll. <laughs> I don't know if that's part of the deal. Because I, I don't even. I, I actually played for a race change because I was like, I can't stand looking at this troll's toes all the time. <laughs> um, so maybe they'll fix that. But you know, the thing is with the character models. They're not as needed as we as we make it out to be because you only see your character model for the first like twelve levels, yeah. but then it's covered in all this gear. You know? Yeah, exactly. They all start to look the same the after gear. a while. I did. I did like they like when they're on stage. It's like we know this is very important to people to that they that they sort of identify with their characters, so we don't want to change it too much. It's like I, I don't care. Identify yeah. with my night elf chick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I don't care what her character That's model what looks like. The public. Well, that's yeah. That's what I say to the outside world. Um, and then uh, they also mentioned that there's 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 not going to be any free to play model for Warcraft anytime soon. This is not in their interests at all. So it's it's subscription based. Oh yeah. So as far as they know, and that that to me is a given. I mean, they'd be crazy yeah. to go free to play. In a, in a world where there is no World of Warcraft, free to play is the way to go. Yeah. But. We live in the world where there is a World of Warcraft, <laughs> and they have like seven billion subscribers. So yeah, I think they, I think they got asked that question because they went from eleven million down to seven million, and so it's like yeah, yeah, I mean, four million's a lot. So what people don't, what people fail to realize is that that four million also includes the banned accounts that they got rid of that were gold farmers and cheaters and botters and all that sort of stuff as well. So it's yeah. it's it's not like a massive exodus of the game. I mean, I won't deny that there has been people leaving the game. Yeah, but they always I, come I, back. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt that they're losing subscribers. Like, yeah. I mean, I really don't doubt that. But the thing is, is even still, they're still more successful than like any other MMO. World of Warcraft will be around. It's not going anywhere. They should do a Diablo MMO. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's so far fetched. You know. Yeah, they should should do a, a Firefly MMO. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. You would never uh, leave the computer. I would, that's it. I'd, I might as well just get a divorce now. <laughs> a Firefly MMO, and that'd be, uh, that would be the rest of my life. Um, yeah. 
All right, so let's move on to the film. Uh, last episode when we talked about this um, a couple of episodes back, I mentioned that they were going to have uh, Duncan Jones on screen and they on on stage, and they did, which was awesome. But I also said that they might have some of the actors, but and they didn't, so that's a bit of a shame. Um, but they did have uh, the um, some of the production people, so the conceptual artist uh, was on there, costume design and sound, I believe, was also there. And they also had uh, Bill. Westenhofer, who's a special effects supervisor, he was on there as well. He had some important stuff to say. So let's go through it. So in in the film segment, they talked about the filming begins in Vancouver, which is in Canada, uh, early next year, uh, for and it's set for release in 2015. Well, Canada, for those of you who like to speak properly. <laughs> well, I think people will realise that I'm actually joking when I say Canada. It'll focus on the human Anduin and uh, Orc Duritan. And what's interesting is those two characters are actually from the Warcraft RTS games, so that's the, so they're going to try and focus more on what the world of what what the world of Warcraft actually looked like during the RTS period before they actually get into the world of Warcraft um, timeline. So that's wow, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty groovy. Yeah, that is that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, because because the because I, I I don't know about you, Bo, but the RTS I think the RTS universe was a lot more stable and cohesive before World of Warcraft came in and they started doing all this caverns of time business and the whole timeline sort of just went a bit skewed. Like Warcraft, Warcraft is not nowhere near as cohesive story-wise, like lore-wise, than the RTS is. Um, so yeah, so that's going to be pretty cool. And, and Duncan said that he wanted to make both sides of the human and orc struggle equally compelling. Um, so the very first script that they had, uh, he didn't like it because it was very pro-human. And very anti-orc, yeah. you know what I mean? It was, it was it was very clear. Humans are good, orcs are bad, as it all went there. But he's he wants to focus more on the fact that that Duratan is a hero to his people and is doing what he does because he thinks it's best for his people, and that's the exact same thing Anduin's doing. And so, why are they any different? They're just different, two two sides of the same coin. I think players and non-players alike could benefit from this particular story. Like I said before, Academy Award-winning special effects supervisor Bill Westenhofer. Um, is actually a Warcraft player. Uh, they had a fun little tidbit where he, he revealed that during the filming of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which he, was, he did the special effects for, he would get up at 2 in the morning after working all day. He would get up, then get up at 2 in the morning to raid. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, crazy. That is cool. I love hearing those stories from celebrities that reveal that they're players. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> they also compared the tone of the film more to Gladiator than to Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, interesting. That is interesting. So, it'd be, it, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And that makes sense to me. That is more Duncan Jones. I see Duncan Jones doing filming Gladiator more than I would see him filming Lord of the Rings. I, I think that, you know, the, the weird thing to me is Duncan Jones, I like Duncan Jones, hmm. but for the type of movie that you would kind of expect this to be, Duncan Jones seems like an odd choice. Yeah. Now, I, I don't think it is an odd choice, though, because I don't think this movie is going to be what everybody expects it to be. Yeah. You know, I don't think this is going to be your normal video game movie. I think it's I think it's actually going to be really good stuff. Um, and I'm excited about that. Like, I'm excited about a director that's kind of throwing us a little curveball. Like, I, I really don't know what to expect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and what's really important as well is that the orcs will be real human actors in makeup and not CGI'd. I thought you were going to say real orcs. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get some real orcs down. That'd be yeah, awesome. They're going to genetically make them just for the movie. Genetically engineered orcs. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see just how they pull that off. Because, I mean, no offense to Bill, but the sort of humanoid special effects in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe were really not that good. So, 
hopefully it's a bit better for this one. I, I didn't see it. I didn't see the line, the witch in the wardrobe. Yeah, it wasn't. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll go with that. They did show some uh, concept art, and they've got confirmed confirmed locations that some of the action is going to take place in is on Draenor, which ty- of course ties into the expansion. Blizzards, they're, yeah. they're geniuses of marketing, aren't they? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Dalaran, which oh, wow. uh, actually surprisingly was floating, and that's not meant to be the case. So yeah, not if, yet. It, if you're back in the RTS days, Dalaran is still just a city. Is you know, it's still a magical city, but still in the ground. It doesn't what if it's like, uh, take off. What if, until... what if it's like uh, it's like someone telling the story to their grandkids? Like the movie starts in Dalaran, and he's like, "I remember a long <laughs> time ago, before the city floated." That's funny. Actually, I I haven't heard any, seen any any uh, comments on the boards that says that exact thing. That's that's interesting. One of the, one of the things that I that that I read that I think was probably plausible was there might be a bit of time travel. With actually, yeah. with actually, do then link it to the World of Warcraft universe. Yeah, yeah, they're introducing all this yeah. time travel, yeah. you know, in the new expansion. Yeah, yeah, maybe um, uh, Ironforge and Stormwind. So it'll be cool to see um, Ironforge on screen because Ironforge, I think, is actually the most visually impressive city, um, especially the cool. the bit in the middle with the molten lava and the forge. Um, and it'll be good to see the pre Cataclysm Stormwind as well. Cause that was pretty cool. Oh, so um, is this the people that we said were tentative still haven't been confirmed yet? The, the only confirmed person is that Viking guy. Oh, Colin, right. Colin Farrell and Paula Patton still haven't signed on the dotted line. And to be honest with you, if Paula Patton doesn't sign, I'll be, I won't be that upset because uh, we watched um, Two Guns recently and uh, it wasn't a very good performance. <laughs> anyway, so that's, uh, that's the movie news. Uh, moving on to... So very exciting. So that's basically the World of Warcraft. All the World of Warcraft news is exciting for us, obviously, because we're players, but also just because it sounds bloody cool. Um, yeah. yeah, very excited. This 2015 is going to be the year for movies, man. Have you seen that? Have you seen yeah. the, the films that are coming out in 2015? The new Bond, World of Warcraft, the new Star Wars. I mean, bloody hell. Oh, yeah. It's going to be huge. I forgot that Star Wars is coming out in 2015. Yeah. All these films all come out in the same week. Oh, my God. Which is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> take off at work. <laughs> it's like it's going to take a week <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already going to take a week off for when the expansion is released. I'll be playing all day, every day for that week, dude, so uh, let's schedule it. All right, and yeah. uh, some other news, other Blizzard-related news. They had Hearthstone stuff, um, so I haven't played it yet. My beta key hasn't hasn't arrived, so it's a bit of a shame. So Hearthstone's their card card game. Um, young uh, Brian, well, Yoda, has been playing it. He did, he did a post on the website where he played it for a week, and uh, he absolutely adores it. He's very excited, so... Yeah. It looks amazing, and I, yeah. I see this is the first place I've heard this, but you've got a bullet point here. It's confirmed that it's going to be on Android and iOS? Yep, as well as PC and Mac. Yeah, I'm really excited now. Really, That's that's really cool. Yeah, cool. So you'll be playing it on your phone at work? Uh, yeah, I'll be playing on a tablet or something. But <laughs> <laughs> um, And they also had some Heroes of the Storm news. Now, I'm not really all that excited for Heroes of the Storm. It's a, it's a multiplayer online battle arena game, um, it, much the same as League of Legends and um, Dota. The, the, the basically the only really interesting thing is that it features characters from StarCraft, WoW, and Diablo. So you actually get to play yeah. Kerrigan running around beating people up. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The, the footage that I saw did have Arthas. He's just wrecking some havoc, which is you know which makes some sense because it's Arthas. Um, so it's yeah. it's you know Warcraft. I'm looking at Arthas. I'm looking at like a small list now, and you've got Kerrigan, uh, Diablo, yeah. Illidan, Rainer. Malfurion, Arthas, and uh, uh, Naz- Naziba? Naziba? 
That's from uh, Diablo. I don't I don't recognize that character, but dude, it looks really awesome. Like yeah. all these different characters from all the different Blizzard franchises. It's basically it reminds me of like a like a Marvel versus Capcom kind of thing. You know, it's the, it's really cool. a Marvel versus Capcom thing would be awesome. <laughs> a Blizzard a Blizzard fighting game that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. that I would play. <laughs> Because I just that might I, be a bit too far out there franchise. Ev- everybody would just play Kerrigan all the time. <laughs> She'd be awesome. Uh, she's an awesome character. That's our Azerothian Times, our BlizzCon coverage. You got anything else you want to finish up with? Oh, oh, I got, I got, I do have a bit of news. I got right. a bit of news. Hit me. This isn't huge because I know there's like there's like hardcore raiders out there that have totally done this like seven times over, and I totally get that. But check this out. So the day before yesterday. I beat the crap out of Garage Hellscream, and uh, I would have killed him. I would have killed him. I had him targeted. had a frostbolt ready, but Thrall was like, no, we shouldn't kill him yet. We shouldn't kill him, so I didn't kill him. <laughs> but but I would have. Spoiler alert. You don't me. actually kill Garage. Thrall interferes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. So actually, so you got, the raid actually got far enough to get to Garage. Oh, no, no. I didn't do it with the raid group. I just did a random pug, man. They yeah. were they were going there, and so I joined with them, and I rode on their coattails all the way to Killing Garage. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> awesome, dude. All right, uh, coming up next, coming soon. So uh, I'm going to do the films that are coming up on November 21st in Australian cinemas, and then Bo's going to do the films that are coming up in American cinemas. So in Australian cinemas, we get The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Very exciting. If anything, just, if anything, just to see Jennifer Lawrence. Nah. <laughs> yeah, not a huge fan. Yeah, I'm not that a huge fan either. <laughs> just, uh, we're also getting A Long Way Down, which I don't know anything about. Filth, which is James McAvoy being a uh, corrupt cop. Adoration, which I did know about and have now suddenly forgotten. Damn, it's popped out of my head. And the documentary Blackfish gets officially released which I reviewed in a previous episode and I recommend it Uh, so American cinemas Uh, in American cinemas coming out this weekend we have King of the Castle I don't know what that is no Untitled Lance Armstrong Cycling Project (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) is that really what it's called it says Untitled Lance Armstrong Cycling Project. Like, are they going to release the title as soon as it comes out, or is that the title? I don't know. They manly got apparently that's some. coming out. Uh, <laughs> the City That Sailed, The Christmas Candle, All the Light in the Sky, uh, Best Night Ever, The Lego Movie, Jeepers Creepers 3, Jesus, and Cuban Fur- Fury. Yeah, nothing, nothing good. Cuban out. Fury? <laughs> so I just want to clarify that Jeepers Creepers 3 the tagline is not Jesus that was just you saying, <laughs> saying that was me going what the hell because that would be a very interesting title Jeepers Creepers 3 Jesus <laughs> now before we leave coming soon I actually want to do a, a quick plug for a Kickstarter project called I'm You Dickhead uh, which is which is a short film but for short, a, a short time travel based film from a uh, fan of the show and our good friend uh, Larry Boxhall, I've backed it. It's a kick- I've become a bit of a bit addicted to Kickstarter, I must admit. But uh, I've I've uh, done a pledge for it. My pledge was to have a, t- a kebab with Larry, <laughs> which is awesome, and a copy of the film. Um, so yeah, so I'm you, Dickhead. It's uh, basically a story with uh, that he's doing with uh, Lucas Testro, and um, uh, it involves 
him going back in time to tell his younger self to learn guitar so that he'll then have better chances with the ladies when he gets to <laughs> get to his real age. And, uh, and of course, you know, being a comedy, all sorts of wacky things happen and it all goes, goes wrong. But, uh, it, uh, I, I implore you to check it out. It's good stuff. If only to check it out just for the, uh, the, the video, it's yeah, pretty check, funny. Check it out for the video. If Very the, well done. But the rest of the film is going to be as clever as the video, the, the pledge video, then, uh, they're on a winner. So let's finish up with all the very myriad ways you can contact us. Uh, you can contact us via our website at www.nerdculturepodcast.com or you can email at feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com or you can Facebook. www.facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast or on Twitter at, at nerdculturecast uh, and you can also leave a message on Skype at nerdculturepodcast. Uh, if you leave a message and uh, we like it we'll even play it on the show uh, don't forget you can also rate and review us on the iTunes and subscribe to the podcast we like subscribers, makes us feel important and most important we are an Amazon affiliate so on the website that I mentioned above we have a uh, Amazon widget where you can buy th- items through Amazon, it doesn't cost you any extra, we get a, we get a cut of the profits so it's uh, very exciting I don't get to see, I don't see who you are I, but I do get to see what you're buying to keep clean yeah, keep it clean. <laughs> or not. No, we're not. We're not here to judge. You can buy whatever the hell you, how you want, as long as we get a cut. <laughs> so, we're not here to judge. We're not here to judge you. So if you want to hear more of Bo, you can do so on... Uh, ECNradio.com. And if you want to hear both of Bo and myself, our lovely whip, uh, repartee, you can do that on Film Flams, which is our side project at www.filmflams.com, uh, where we do custom commentaries for films. Cool. That's episode 66. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Bo. Golly gee Williker, guys. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> and Crystal. I might watch the movie, though. And me. Bye. Bye. <laughs>